0: Good morning, church. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. I just was having a conversation with someone about how easy it is to come into the Lord's presence. How there's nothing that separates us, that when we feel that distance, when we feel like we're struggling, like we haven't been walking the walk lately, like, oh, I'm just struggling, that's on our side. He's got no problem. He makes it so easy. It's His blood shed, it's His sacrifice he wants us, church. And it's so exciting. Every Sunday I come and he wants us. He wants us to just be with him and to hear him and to worship him and to see him as he really is. Um, So I'm excited this morning. That's the first thing. The second thing is my husband made me watch Iron Man 3 last night, right? Whatever. Um, And uh, so in it, like, Tony Stark, like, he can just, like, jump out there, and his iron suit, like, comes to him. Like, it, it, it comes and finds him and attaches onto his body. And as we were watching it, I realized, like, oh, there's church tomorrow. And immediately, that's the picture that popped into my head, was that I can just enter the building, and Jesus can come and have his way with me. He can come and just... I can just step inside of Jesus. I can just step inside of him, and he can overtake me, and we can be one, and he can minister through me, through you. So thanks for making me watch Iron Man 3, because I'm excited to worship this morning. (laughs) I'm excited to worship Jesus. All
1: right, well, stand with me this morning, church. We're going to do a call to worship. I'm going to read out of Psalm 63. And we've done this one a couple times before, but I just really felt like it was, it was good today because we're coming to seek Him today, to seek His presence, to have Him do a work in our life. No striving, no trying this morning, guys, just being. Can we just be this morning? Can we just be in His presence? It says this, it says, Oh God, You are my God. Early will I seek You. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. Oh, what a good promise there. Thank you, Jesus. Because his loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Church, I want to praise this morning because of his goodness, because of his kindness. It is better than life. We could wrap our heads around that this morning. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied. As with marrow and fatness, and my, so- my mouth shall praise you with joyful you, lips. So, Father, we come Alleluia to you today.
0: We lift you up, Jesus.
1: We're lifting you up. Our arms are raised, our voices are raised, our lips singing out to your goodness, your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us. We're so grateful, so thankful, so honored. We stand this morning in reverence of you, oh, in reverence of you, Lord, and so we worship you today, in spirit and in truth, with our hearts, with our voices, with our bodies, we worship you, in your precious name we pray, amen, amen, Amen. let's worship.
0: How many times, church, have you asked God to take something, to make something easier, to lighten a load, to lighten a burden? And, you know, you prayed and you took authority, like we've been learning about the believer's authority. Um, And, you know, you spoke it in Jesus' name and you went to the word and you pulled out the promises and you're doing all the things. And he just doesn't move. Right? He just doesn't move as quickly as we want him to, or like in the way that we want him to and and sometimes he just calls us out into these places that are hard, they're just hard. It's like are you you know sometimes I wonder like you're keeping track, right? you know you just asked me to do this hard thing yesterday, and then there was a different hard thing the day before, like you you know you know I can't do all of this, um but the word says, and I love this. Um, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, man, he's my man. He's, all, he's our man. <laughs> um, because he met Jesus. And this great man, he, he's so great in his, in his uh, works, um, in the Jewish, Jewish culture. And, and, and he was just such a great man. And then he met Jesus. And suddenly he was the least of all the apostles. And suddenly he saw himself. As he really was. Um, And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8, uh, Paul is talking about, you know, this thorn in his flesh and this messenger of Satan to torment me. Sometimes I feel like I have eight messengers of Satan that torment me. I'm just kidding. I have eight children, and they're awesome. They're angels. They're lovely. But right, sometimes it's a boss. Sometimes it's traffic. Like you, messenger of Satan, you're torment. Get out of here! Like in Jesus' name, let this traffic part. Those are silly. Those are silly examples. But if we get real, there's addictions. There's things that we run to to ease the burden of living. Um, And we plead with the Lord to to take things from us. Uh, And he said to Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, he said, no, no. No because my grace is sufficient. He wanted to take Paul, and he wanted to take Paul's eyes off of of the power that Paul needed and the ease, ease this burden from me. I need ease so I can be about the Lord's work. I need ease this burden so I can do your work. And, And the Lord said, no, my grace is what is needed to do the work. My grace is what is needed. And I'm telling you, church, sometimes in my life, it's those hardships that that just make me run to Jesus, that finally get my eyes off of me, whether how horrible I am, all of, I mean, I tend to just be like, oh, I suck, I'm terrible, I do this, I don't do this well, get my eyes off the bad things or the good things, oh, I did pretty well at that today, just the self-assessment, to get my eyes off of self and to get them onto his grace and onto him. His power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Why? So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. If we, church, could delight in how, how in the world can we delight in hardships, in persecutions? I have a cabinet. I'm trying another stupid example. I'm trying to demo the cabinet off the wall, and it just won't come down. It just won't come down. And they're like, why can't you just be easy? Why can't it just be easy? Delight in hardships and in persecutions. How do we get there? Because we long to have the power of the living God rest on us. Because it is his plans and his purposes for the kingdom of God that are far greater, far greater than my plans, than what I can see. So church, as we come together this morning to take communion, I want us to just partake of the body and the blood of Christ. And I want us to lay down that desire for ease, gosh, for ease in this life. That we can have the power of God rest on us can we partake can we have it can we partake of the supernatural impartation of grace which is communion supernatural impartation of grace will you receive that this morning instead of him easing your burden will his grace be sufficient will we say today as a church your grace is sufficient for me Lord that in my weakness, you can show yourself strong that, like we sang, that all the glory would be his. All the glory will be his. He delights in our weakness, church. Read the word. He chooses weak men, weak women to serve him, to, to, to do these supernatural things so that he would get all the glory that he would be made known through them. I want to be one of those people. I have no shortage of weaknesses. If I have one thing to commend me to your service, oh Lord, it is that I have much weakness. Come, come, I will partake of your grace, that you may be shown strong on the earth, that you may get all the glory. I'm going to release you to come And get the elements, you're going to hold on to them and circle back to your seats. And Pastor Jason's going to come up, and we're going to partake of grace this morning as a family. We're going to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. Um, The center plate is gluten-free. So go ahead and move to the tables to get your elements, and then circle back around to your seats.
1: Jesus, Thank you, Lord. Alleluia. Thank you, Lord.
0: Alleluia.
1: As we were doing that last song, there were so many great verses and words in there, but what jumped out at me was death to life. Amen. Death to life. What we're doing here this morning, this partaking of communion in our weakness, because we, we are nothing without him. We are weak and we are dead without him. But he brings us life. He brings us life more abundantly. And it's all because of him and the price that he paid. His blood shed. His body broken for us. So just take a moment. Just reflect on that for a minute. And then we'll partake together. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. Lord, we thank you for laying down your life. We thank you that we can partake in this divine impartation of grace, that even in our weakness, you are strong. And without you, there is no life. And Father, we thank you for taking us from death to life and the price that you paid. In your name we pray. Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Church, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. The altars are open. And we're just going to praise him and worship him for who he is—the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
0: Guys, I need you. I need you to at
1: my Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Liz asked me right before I came up here, she said, do you have anything? I was like, no, maybe I'm just going to pray. But then as I walked up the steps, the Lord gave me something. And it was this. If you are in here this morning and you feel bondage from anything, anything, the Lord wants you to know it is not from Him. It is not from Him. And when we sang that those, the lyrics of that song, that fear has to go, that chains have to break, because Jesus changes everything. And if you're in here this morning and you feel any type of that fear or bondage on you, I feel like the Lord is just saying, just raise your hands up this morning. And I'm going to ask the worship team to sing that portion of the song again about fear going, about chains breaking, that Jesus changes everything. If that's you, just lift your hand up this morning. I'm with you today. And we're just going to sing that. We're going to worship him, and we're just going to let it go and let him take the glory. In our weakness, he is strong. So let's just sing that one more time this morning. Praise you, Lord. Yeah, come on. Oh, dear, now,
0: dear, now. Jesus is does the bible say that your children will live and not die and declare the works of the lord does the bible say to fear not and trust and believe that god is with you does the bible say that even though a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand it will not come near you in your household it does Victory only comes when you choose to believe the truth of who God is and you act on that truth. Even when you feel afraid, even what you and you see on all sides, something different. Recognize fear as your number one enemy. Recognize the lies and refuse to believe them. You must fight. Quote scripture out loud. Pray out loud. Pray for perfect protection. Pray and believe that God is with you. Where fear reigns, tragedy and loss exist. Where faith reigns, protection and prosperity and healing comes. It's a constant battle of one kingdom over the other. I have no fear of the future. I know 100% that my husband will live until he is old (laughs) and shorter than he is now with Mr. Rogers sweaters with elbow patches. I have had a faith imagination. I have seen it. I know 100% that my kids will live and not die. I know that every single thing we put our hands to will prosper for the, for the benefit of the kingdom of the living God. Did all of this assurance come without a fight? No. Oh, yeah, years, years of torment and battle. But I have beaten back fear bit by bit yeah, with the word of God, Thank you. with the truth of who he is, Church, have faith not in what he will do for you, but in who he is. I've made fear my number one enemy, and when I recognize its lie, I do the exact thing that it is trying to keep me from doing. Bit by bit, day by day church take back your stolen peace take back that assurance that is yours Praise. you answer fear don't ignore fear don't think it's not it's like an ant problem don't ignore it it's not going to just go away yeah. you answer back fear and you answer with my god is yeah. my god says mm. the word says And that is what I believe. That is how I will make this decision. That is what will guide my steps. Fear must go in Jesus' name. Lies, they must go in Jesus' name. And every house built upon them must be brought down. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would bring down every high thing that has been built up upon a lie, every high thing that has been built up upon fear, every high thing that has been built upon seeds of, of false truths. Father, I pray that you would bring it down in this congregation, in my life, in that in my household, in every household, every family represented here. Let every lie come down every high thing be broken in Jesus name father we look to you this morning and we decree we declare that we will only partake of the truth of your word we will set it up high we will set our eyes upon it we will set our hearts upon it we will carry it with us around our necks We will fix our minds upon it and we will walk in the peace of God. We will walk in victory. As we set our eyes and our hearts upon you, 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 you Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for your great love for us, that you move with power in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Father, and I just seal all that you're speaking and all that you're doing for your people in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, church. All right. Glad you're here. Thanks. I missed you last week. I was up for myself. Thank you. I was home with a couple kids last week who weren't feeling well. Uh, he came home. He's like, service was short. <laughs> I said to him, service is longer when I'm there. I know, guys. I know. I mean, I like a short service every now and again, but I'll tell you, I come hungry and I want to leave satisfied and full and I want to feast. Now, Easter, Easter service was so awesome. It was an hour and 15 minutes. So you don't have to, it doesn't always have to be long to have that feast, but I'm not in charge of saying how long That's it right. is. I honestly, I just, I, we just follow his leading and I love him. And I come and I just get filled up. Um, and it's in this place with you guys. I, this, something happens here that I can't do at home. And I know I talk about this a lot because um, I'm an introvert. I like being home so much. I like being alone so much. So knowing that when I come here and I'm surrounded in force with believers and we we kind of rush the throne room together. There's something special there. There's a, there's a special outpouring Amen. that I can only get when I'm here with you guys. So praise God. We're going to take a couple minutes of a break during that time. Um, if you have kids, the nursery is open for babies, zero to three. Little's ministry happens at this time. Uh, Drop off is Uh, in the lobby and down the hall. Uh, That's ages four, five, and six. Uh, ECF kids, you know the drill, or if you are a guest with a child um, ages seven and up, I have, we have uh, sermon bags and things for the kids to do while they're listening to the sermon. These things keep their hands busy. Uh, We also have the family room open if you want to sit with your child and listen to the service in there. Lots of, lots of things. Um, Ties and offerings. They come up here during the break. Bring them with joy. Uh, trusting God with your finances the same way we trust him with our relationships. Rahina, you always numero uno. Muchas gracias. (laughs) She always comes. She models cheerful coming with with Thanksgiving and cheer. I love it. She's such a sweetheart. Um, Where was I at? Connection Connection cards are in the back of your seat. If you're new, if this is your first time, just give us your name and your email. That's it. We'll send out an email saying, hey, we're so happy you're here. Uh, Here's information if you want to connect further. We're just happy to worship the Lord with you today. Um, All right, let's take that break. We'll come back together in about five minutes. All right, friends. Let's bring it back in. Love when you guys are visiting. That's why we do that. Some people hate a greeting time. Introverts, hmm. I just look at my shoes or get a cup of coffee. I mean, there's things you can do. You all know. If you're an introvert, you know what to do. But uh, it does, it's good. It makes us so happy that people visit and um, talk with one another, because that's what family does. All right, a couple of announcements. If you are interested in receiving emails from ECF, they are mostly event-driven, meaning Easter, Good Friday service, that type of thing. But if you're interested in being on a list so that you don't miss an email, uh, what you need to do is head over to the website at ecfchurch.org, and you just need to scroll down a little bit right on that first page, and there will be a form that you fill out. Um, and it's not even a weekly thing, so it's we're not filling up your inbox, but if you want to stay up to date with what's happening at the church, it's a good way to do it, uh, so you can go ahead and do that. Next, the May Bible reading bookmarks are ready. They're pretty purple this month, so they are on the back table. If you're following along, uh, reading through the Bible as a church, um, this is how we do it. If you want to jump in, this is how we do it. If you started last month and you fell off the wagon, you get a fresh one this month. That's my favorite thing about the bookmarks. He talks about how he had that big trifold the whole year on one piece of paper. And I said to him, there's no fresh start. Like, like your failures, I mean, if you just, if you fell off the Bible reading wagon for a week or so, it's like right there looking at you. So I love, I love this way. There's always a fresh start with Jesus. All right, last last announcement is worship and prayer night. Uh, May 3rd starts at 630, goes for one hour. It's here in the sanctuary. It's, um, it's just a time where there's no preaching. It's just worship and prayer. Uh, Invite the presence of the Holy Spirit and just go as he leads. So it's a great time. I encourage you to come out and worship and pray with us.
1: How's everyone doing? Come on, I see some smiles out there. Anybody notice anything going on in the sanctuary? Come on, I see some some people pointing. So, to my left, I'd like to bring your attention to a debt chart that we have believed and are believing uh, really, well, we've been believing as a church uh, all along, but a couple years ago, the Lord really spoke to us and said, Get debt free. Period. And as I'm reading through the Proverbs, it's interesting. uh, We're talking about, you know, the reading plan is on the weekends at Psalms and Proverbs. And reading through the Proverbs, man, I feel like there's a lot about money going on in there. And there's a lot about being debt free and being a lender and not a borrower and all this stuff. And I just want to say, guys, we took down another square. Hallelujah. God took down another square. Amen. So each of these squares that we cross off is $25,000 of debt. It shows the principal balance left uh, on our property on this gorgeous 13 acres, this building and and the the farmhouse up there called the Rose Center. So our next target is we're looking to cross off $900,000. That's the next one we're about to cross off. And can I tell you that we were this close to taking two squares off which means we're almost there already. Uh, God has really moved on the heart of certain people. I know there's a lot of people in here who faithfully give above and beyond their tithes and offerings to this debt uh, campaign, and I want to thank you for that. And someone recently gave a very generous donation to see nearly an entire block come off. And so we are so excited. I'm just God is moving. He's been talking to us about being debt-free. We're believing it's in 2023, which is, guess what, the year that we're in, if anybody didn't check or notice. And so I'm really excited what God is doing in this. So he has just been so faithful, so good to us. And not only that, last week, the Lord led us to pray for hands and wrists and fingers Kind of out of, you know, how God does that. He just says, hey, go pray for this. And we prayed. And we had at least two that I know of, supernatural, miraculous healings of the wrist and finger area. So let's give God a hand for that. I just, I mean, that's what's all. God is just so good. He is so faithful yeah, to meet his word, yeah? To deliver on his word. He said, I'm going to heal last Sunday, he said, I want to heal some hands and wrists, and we said, okay, <laughs> I can't do it, you can't do it, only he can do it, and so we did it, amen, which is very, it's, I love it, absolutely love it, so guys, let's just worship, we're going to honor him with our tithes, I have a quick scripture here, and I just want to pray over these things, it says in Proverbs thirteen twenty-two: it says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous, and I've been holding on to this scripture, and look, I mean, this is $900,000, but guess what? The Bible says the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous, and we are the righteous in Christ Jesus, and so God's got a plan. He's got a way to work this thing down. However he's going to go do it, I'm excited to see it come to fruition, amen, and get that whole chart off of there all together, all together, and do a celebration for that, amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. You are so faithful. Father, we thank you for every gift, every giver. Thank you, Lord, for these tithes and these offerings above and beyond the tithe. Lord, That we, just, we believe in our hearts. You said to be debt free, and so we're believing that. And we're standing in faith, Father God, that we will be that because of you and of who you are. So, Lord, I just pray over this message this morning that you would just speak through me, through the words that you have, and that our eyes and our ears would be open to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're in a series uh, talking about the attributes of God, and we're going to look at the fifth, I believe it's the fifth attribute today. And I don't know how many I'll go for. You know, as you guys know, those who have been here for a while know that as the Lord leads the message series, we just do whatever he wants to go do. We did that believer's authority for like six months, and it was amazing. It was great. We loved it. But it was, that's what God wanted to talk to us about. And he's still, and we haven't forgot that. And I know that the Lord has put that in there. But what he wants us to know is about him. So we talked a lot about our authority because of him. And this series is all about who he is. And to understand and have a foundation, a bedrock foundation of who God is. So that no matter what comes our way, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, the waves The issues, the challenges, the doctor's report. Whatever it is, we can stand firm on the word and the foundation of who God is. And we can clearly see circumstances that come at us or into our lives and say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not authored of God. That's not him, because I know him, because we're learning about God. I'm learning about God and who he is, and I'm enjoying this. And Pastor Liz said at the beginning or at some point during the service today uh, about a built-in cabinet that we have in our master bathroom. And it's oh, our house that, we, that the Lord has blessed us with is almost 100 years old. And let me tell you, it is a firm house. It is solid. It is put together. And we've been, we wanted to remodel our master bathroom. And so we go in there in this built-in cabinet... And we're like, you know, this thing has to go. We're going to take it down. We're just going to put some shelves up. And like anybody, you know, you've seen Chip and Joanna Gaines. You see all these home improvement things, right? And so you're like, how hard can it be? I mean, every TV show is about remodeling your house. So how hard can this be? I've got a big sledgehammer. We can take this thing out. So I come home yesterday afternoon, and I go out to our barn, and I get my big hammer. The big one, right? It's got the long post. It's got this really heavy, you know, anvil on the end of it. And I'm just like, I'm going to destroy this thing. And so I walk in there, and Liz is in there with me. And we're looking at it. We're like, okay, one or two hits, this thing should come down pretty easily. Now, look, I've played a lot of sports in my life. I've played baseball. I can swing a bat, which means I can swing this hammer pretty hard. I take this thing, and I go, wham! I mean, it echoes through the whole house. All the kids are like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? It hurt my ears. It hit so hard. Do you think this thing butched? (laughs) It didn't even move. The force at which the hammer came back off almost like took me to the ground. I was like, oh, my gosh. And so then I hit it again. Boom. And I'm just, boom, boom. I mean, there's dust flying. There's paint flying off this thing but do you think this cabinet is going to move? It was. It is so firm in there, it's unbelievable. And so as I was hitting, I was thinking about, that's what this series is all about. I want us to be so firm like that closet or that cabinet in my master bedroom, so firm that no matter what comes after us, what a hammer, what thing of life comes trying to take that out, it is firm in its foundation. That thing didn't move. It didn't budge. we got to call for help. We got to call somebody who knows what they're doing because the old do-it-yourself stuff is not working. But all I, just when I was doing it, I was just thinking how far, that thing has been there. It's solid. A hundred years it's been sitting there and it's just as solid as the day it was built. And that's what this series is for me, for us, is that we are so solid in understanding who God is that somebody could try to take a sledgehammer to it and we'd be like, uh-uh, I don't think so. I know who God is, and I'm firm in my foundation. So what is an attribute? An attribute is a quality or feature regarded as a characteristic or an inherent part of someone or something. So this, what an attribute is, it's, it's basically who somebody is. And so when we think of an attribute of God, when we can see all throughout the scripture, and these attributes are seen from the beginning, from, G- from Genesis all the way to Revelation, because there are lots of bad theology out there, and we want to break through those things and understand who God truly is. So attribute one was that God is infinite. And we talk through that, that he is, look, his timeline is not always our timeline. And that makes us mad sometimes. Okay? But we got to get through that and gotta get over that, because He is God and He's got He is seeing the end from the beginning. So God is infinite. Attribute two, and the first two are important because they set the foundation for the rest of them, which why I'm just reviewing it quickly, is that God is immutable. It means he never changes. So if God was good yesterday, that means what? God is good today. And guess what? What does it mean about tomorrow? That God is good he doesn't, if he doesn't change and we establish that he is good, it means that he doesn't change from day to day. We change from day to day, yeah? Change my clothes, sometimes my attitude changes. Babe, don't say anything about that. I had, an, I had a mood swing like nobody's business this week. I'm just being honest. I have no idea what happened or how it all came about, but Friday, was it Friday? Oh my goodness. Friday, I was like, ugh. I was so sad. Oh, Lord. Come on, you guys ever have one of those days, right? You're just like, man, it's just like, is my, is my foot even moving? You know what I mean? Like, can I even get to the next thing? Do I have a meeting? Can I cancel it? You know, what, what is even going on? Like, I was just having a challenge. Guys, we, can have, there's, we have challenging days, don't we? I mean, sometimes that happens. We, and we got to remind ourselves who God is, and we got to get the word in. We got to worship and all that, all that stuff. And so yesterday, I was like, you know, I was just praying, and actually, we were, we were reading through a book, it was talking about joy, it's like, you know what, I'm going to choose joy today, I'm going to choose joy today. So I was a little bit happier, and then a, some, one of my kids put on a song, I think it might have been Noel, that's a secular song, I'm not going to sing it, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's not a bad song, it's a good song, by One, one Republic or something, I don't know, whatever. And it's, they put this song, and I had headphones on. Oh, my gosh. It was talking about run, 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 something, 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 run, run. run. I mean, I was dancing in the kitchen. I'm going back like this. I'm like, oh, man, God is good. This song is fantastic. And I'm just, my kids start dancing. We're doing the dishes together. Kids are putting away dishes, spinning around like this. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. But doesn't that happen to us some days? Like, God doesn't change, but we change. Yeah, I mean, Friday, I was like, Saturday, I was like, come on now. Come on now, this is all good, right? So it's like there's, we change sometimes, but the good thing is, is that God doesn't change. He's immutable. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and we can trust that, and we can walk in that, and even though we might be having a good day or a bad day, he is always with us because he never changes. Attribute three was that God is love. Praise God. We did that on Easter Sunday. God is love. Love is doing the best possible thing for us in the moment. And we kind of wrapped our heads around what that meant about the cross and what Jesus did for us. And then last week we did attribute four, which is God is good. God is good. He is infinitely, unchangeably kind and full of goodwill. And we looked about all the scriptures about how good God is from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. And then our response to his goodness and what that looks like. And this morning I want to talk about attribute number five. Which is God is wise, and many of you maybe came in here today, needing wisdom regarding a situation, needing wisdom regarding a job choice, needing wisdom regarding a relationship, wisdom regarding a doctor to see a doctor to not see a doctor. I mean, you. I can. Th- there is a thousand and one. It was probably a million different things that each and every one of you came in here with, needing wisdom from God. And this morning I want to talk about it, I want to show you that one, God is wise, and then I want to walk through what is the processes of for us as believers to get some of that wisdom. Amen? Because sometimes we need some of that wisdom. If God is good and God's got wisdom, he never changes, that means that wisdom is available to me. That wisdom is available to you and so I want to talk a little bit about how do we get that wisdom from the Lord. And I think it's important that we get into that and understand that. Here's what I wrote down. It's not in the notes or up top. It just says this. He knows what to do. He knows when to do it and he knows how to do it because he is good And guess what? He wants to tell us those things. So if we can approach God saying, you don't change, you're good, and you have wisdom, how much more can we be ready and be receptive to his wisdom and what he has for us? Romans 11.33 says this. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments for his ways past finding out. He is wise. So much wiser than we could even imagine. Even the wisest person who walked on this earth, which was somebody as we know of King Solomon, who wrote all of those Proverbs that we're reading through. In fact, one of my daughters, she's reading through the, the, Bibles, the Bible with us. And we had this conversation, like, if you ever read through Proverbs or try to read through it, it's like two chapters in a day is That's ridiculous. That's way too much to handle. Yeah, because it's like you just read one verse and you're just like, okay. I'm going to sit here for a little bit. Like, there's so much wisdom in Proverbs. But yet God, through Solomon, wrote the Proverbs, and his wisdom is even greater than Solomon's wisdom. His wisdom is greater than all of the wisdom put together on earth, all of the books, all of the stuff. God is unsearchable in his wisdom. You can't Google search and get to the end of God's wisdom. Can't do it. You can get millions and billions of results on a Google search, but God has more wisdom. God has more knowledge. God has more understanding of what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And the problem a lot of times is, is we have our own preconceived thoughts of what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And we're going to talk about that this morning. How do we get out of that? How do we get out of that cycle? Proverbs 1 says this, wisdom calls aloud Think about that. This is Proverbs being read. It's talking about that wisdom, it's actually calling out, meaning it is available to us. There is God's wisdom is being called out through his Holy Spirit. It is available to us day in and day out to help us live our lives. Says so she raises her voice in the open squares. How many of you have gone into a city and gone into a, a busy city? like New York, Chicago, and you're in the middle of an open square in an intersection of traffic. There's a lot of stuff going on, isn't there? There's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of things that are happening, swirling all around. And what, the God, what God is saying here to us is that that wisdom, if we can block out those distractions, if we can say, ah, eh, these are all the things that are trying to get my attention, if I can put those aside for a minute, wisdom is calling out. It's there. It doesn't stop. It's always there. It's calling out in the intersection, at the street corner. It's available to us, and it's always there. We just have to find it. We have to get ourselves into a position to find it. It says in verse 21, she cries out in the chief concourses at the opening of the gates of the city. She speaks her words. We have access to this wisdom. Well, how do we get access to those? That was Proverbs. That's like, you know, that's in the Old Testament. How do we get access to this? Look at John 14 with me for a minute. It says in John 14, starting in verse 15 If you love me, keep my commands. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. How many of us know we need a helper? (laughs) We need helpers. Day in and day out, we need a helper that he may abide with you forever. God has given us the Holy Spirit to be our helper that's with us all the time. So we need wisdom that's crying out in the intersection. We have now the Holy Spirit in us, up in operation that we can seek and understand his counsel and his wisdom through the word of God and through the Holy Spirit. It says the Spirit of Truth. It says the Helper may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him, nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells where with you, and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans; I will come to you. Then down in verse twenty-five in the same chapter it says, "These things I have spoken to you, that while being present with you, but the Helper." This is Jesus saying, hey, I told you all these things not when I'm here with you, but when I go, the helper again, the counselor, the guidance, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all things that I've said to you. He's got it all. He's got all the wisdom. And what this tells me is that it's available to me and it's available to you. It's available to each one of us. So what is our response to God's wisdom? What do we do in this case? How do we respond to God's wisdom? Here's what we have to go do. We have to ask for it. We got to trust it. And we have to believe that we'll receive it. If you need wisdom and don't ask for it, how are you going to get it? You got to ask for it. It may come through still, still small voice. It may come through A believer. Speaks into your life. It may come through a lot of different ways. But you get to, we have to, the Bible says we have to ask for the wisdom. And then trust it when it comes. Because many times the wisdom of God comes and it goes against what we want to go do in our own flesh. How many of you guys know that? And I've got story after story in our own life that says, well, I feel like the Lord is leading me to do this, but I don't want to. How many get the, how many have had the I don't want us? Yeah. But this is what God is calling us to go do, and we got to break through that. We have to trust that he is speaking, and then we have to believe that we will receive it. Matthew 7 says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And then the verse goes on to say about asking, if, what if you asked for a fish? Would God give you a serpent? No. If us then, being evil and weak, know how to give good gifts to our own children, how much more will our Father, who is in heaven, give us good things to those who ask him? So the Bible clearly says we just need to ask for it. And then in James 1, James 1, you guys can write this down, verses 5 through 8 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask of it. Let him ask God for it. Who does what? He gives it. He gives it liberally and without reproach, meaning you may have messed up that morning. You may have screwed something up royally, but the Bible says because of him, we are still the righteousness in Christ and we can come to him and say, Jesus, Lord, I need wisdom, Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. And the Bible says it will be given to him. And then verse 6 says this, but let him ask what? In faith. We have to believe that he's got the wisdom. And we have to believe that it's crying out in the intersection. And we have to believe that we can hear God's voice and his moving and his leading in our life. Because without doubting, for even he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7. For let not that man suppose he will receive anything from the Lord And then verse 8 says he is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So can we believe this morning? Will you believe this morning? I'm going to walk through a process of hearing from God in really any circumstance or situation in our lives. And you guys know when I believe a message is very important. (laughs) Paul, you and I have talked about this before. Look, all messages are important. But if I gave you one of these handy-dandy, fancy handouts every single Sunday, you would have 52 of them by the end of the year, and you'd be like, I don't even know what this is, what was this all about? So I honestly, I feel like the Lord has told me, be selective, that's a better word, yeah. Be selective on what you print out and give to this church. And then what I'd like you guys to do, you stick them in your Bible, and then periodically, two months, a year from now, two years from now, you're like, man, I just need God's wisdom on the situation and guess what I am certain you will come across, is a little handout that God has put in your Bible at the right place for you to understand this and hear his voice. So I call this thing, this is the attributes of God. Look, I know that we didn't make enough of these for everybody, which is a good thing. That means there's more people here than we were expecting for the printout. So praise God, we're excited for God in his growth and what he's doing. But this attributes of God is God is why. This is how to hear God's wisdom Regarding a situation. And in our own house, in our own own home, we simplify it and we say this little phrase. It's called worship and pray and hear from God. Just worship and pray and hear from God. And what I wanna do is I wanna unpack that a little bit because it sounds like this simple thing. It's actually not all that simple. I mean, it is in a lot of ways, but I wanna unpack it this morning and I have this handout to help us. this, what I took from here, This I took this out of a book. You can see it at the bottom. It says it was adapted from a biography on George Mueller. Anybody know who George Mueller was? Okay, George Mueller was, um, he was in the 1800s. He built an orphanage in Bristol, England, and he just was a man of faith. And he wrote in his biography all the, the, testimony after testimony after testimony of God delivering, like, milk for the orphans when they were out of milk, bread at the last second when they were hungry, like, and he never asked anybody for anything. He never asked for a single dollar. He didn't have a debt chart. Okay, I do, we do, but okay. Okay, I'm not George Mueller. <laughs> okay, anyway, but he just operated in a way that he just relied 100% fully On God, And he believed in God. He believed that he would hear from God in every circumstance, in every situation. And when I read this years and years ago, I I had to write it down. And so I went and I found it, and I wanted to share it uh, with you guys here this morning. So the first thing we have to go do. This is probably the most difficult of the entire process. And I wrote it down so you guys don't have to be busy writing it down. It says this, Seek at the beginning... To get your heart into such a state that it has no will of its own in regard to a given matter. Now you can tell this was written a long time. I did adapt it a little bit. Even this is like adapted for us to understand a little bit better. But think about that. Seek at the beginning. So here's a situation, here's a circumstance, here's a decision that I need to make, that we need to make, that our family has to make, whatever it might be. What, what he's saying here, what the, what the word is teaching us here, seek to begin to get our heart into such a state that we have no opinion of it. Do you know how hard that is to do? Because we have so many opinions. So many opinions. Well, I just think it should be like this, or I think it should be like, how many times have we said that? before we even got to church, right? Like, we have these thoughts and these opinions, and what, what George Miller is saying and what he's, what he's teaching us here, what I'm trying to understand is that we have to get to a spot. In order to hear from God and his direction, his discernment, his wisdom, we have to remove ourselves from the equation. <laughs> And what he says is, I think I wrote it down And the thing, is nine-tenths of the difficulties are overcome when our hearts are ready to do the Lord's will, whatever it may be. If we can get this step, we're like nine-tenths of the way there. If we, so it's like, you know, what school should I go to? What about this? What about, what about this job that I have? And I will tell you something that, honest to goodness, the past two weeks, we personally had a walk through This very situation and this very circumstance, and we had to make a decision, a kind of a big one, or it seemed like a big one, about what to do, and and we had to hear from God on it. So I think many of you know, I've mentioned this before, that I am bivocational, and I'm a CFO for a local business, and I'm there a couple days a week, and there's a lot of stuff going on at that business, and they came to me, and they said, hey, Jason, we would like you to spend more time here. We would like, I, and I know you're here two days a week, we would like more days per week here. And I was flattered, that was great. And after, after the pause, and he, you know, he was kind of, hey, this is great, they want me, more of me, this is great. He says, and we'll make it worth your while. Mm. I know what you're saying to me right now. Okay, this is the chairman of the board, he's like, and we will make it worth your while. I understand you you got church, you got the school, you got family, and I know it's hard, but we will we will pay you very, very well for this extra time. And so in my mind, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. What's that addition? Oh, yeah, knock that bathroom down. Let's go, right? Like, you start thinking in your own mind, like, ooh, here comes more money, more money, more money, yeah? like, this is a job. Ooh, this could be great. I can rearrange some stuff at the church. Yeah, you know, Andy, you know, I can meet with Andy over Zoom or something on, you know, on a Saturday. It doesn't need me to be in the office talking to him. Like, you know, and you start to rationalize and think all these ways where I can position my life and I can do this, and this was all up in my head. And I'm just, and it was like day after day would go by, and I'm just like, mm, mm, thinking. I'm just wrestling with it, wrestling with it, wrestling with it. And, but I never really had peace about it. But I had to get my mind out of the equation. Because I'm thinking about, you know, kids, and renovations, and car payments, and all these things in my own mind, and you start to make these pros and cons lists, Right? like oh this is a pro this is good this is good this is good and you start to do all these things but practically i had to remove myself from the situation and the only way i know how to do that is to worship and i don't know what you do this is many methods to remove yourself from the situation but for me it's worship so i would say worship and pray and hear from god i had to remove because when i am in when we are in god's presence i hear from god a lot more clear than i do when i'm not And Liz and I always say, like, if we have any big decisions to make, let's make them on Sunday morning, either right during church service or right after the church service, because we're in God's presence. He's ministering us. We're free. We're not bound by, you know, what will happen in our finances or this or that. We are believing fully in faith. God is control, and I want his plan. I want his wisdom for this situation, not my own. And so we have to seek at the beginning to get our heart into such a state that it has no will of its own in regard to a given matter. Practically to do this, we worship, we can pray in the Spirit. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you what, there is no faster way, especially if you've got to make a decision quick, to get yourself out of the situation, out of the circumstance, is to begin to pray in the Spirit. And the science, they actually just studies and statistics, when you're praying in the Spirit, your mind, it's not working the same as your regular language works which means it's totally removing yourself from the situation. And I love that science always proves God in God's word. That's a whole other story. So number two, what we have to do is if we can, man, if we can get ourselves just praying and worshiping and in God's presence and beginning to remove that situation or our own mind, our own thoughts. Number two, we have to seek the will of the spirit of God through or in connection with the word of God which means we have to seek the Holy Spirit and the scriptures that are based to, for our situation that we have. And the Lord, I will tell you, he will lead us, he will guide us to these things. And he will, he will show us and lead us into, into the word of God that says, hey, here's exactly what you can stand on in this situation. And practically, you've got to find the scriptures, find the verses, find the promises of these situations. And so for me, in this situation, for us as we were walking through this, I was like, hey, you know what? Lord, I am trusting in you. I will not fear, for you are with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we begin to worship, begin to speak these scriptures <clears throat> over a situation. And then number three, the third one, is to take into account divine circumstances. How many know what a divine circumstance is? We talk about divine encounters where the Lord orchestrates a meeting or a circumstance or an open door or a situation. You're just like, there's no way that could have happened except by God. And when you're praying and seeking him, removing yourself from the situation and asking him, say, Lord, show me. He begins to arrange things to bring you either peace or to give you a direction or to guide you in a certain way. And I kid you not, on Friday, I had to make a decision by Monday, which would have been this past Monday. On Friday, I got two phone calls. Two phone calls from two previous employers saying, hey, Jason, you have any extra time? Because we have a couple jobs we'd like you to do. We could hire you. And it was the Lord clearly saying to me, if you turn this down, do not worry. Do not fear. Because if I turn it down, they may have said, like, well, you're just going to have to go. Forget it. Like, we don't, we're going to find someone else who can give us more days. you two days a week. That, that's enough. But like, forget it. We're going to just ask you to leave. I, I don't know what they were going to say. And so the Lord, lit, I mean, it's just like the fun, just like, hello? Yeah, I used to work for you. Hello, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, what's going on? We'd like to, maybe, are you available to come back to us? So this was a divine circumstance. God orchestrated, not that I was supposed to go anywhere else or to work more anywhere, but it was to give my heart peace to say, God's like, I got you. I got this. Don't worry. Go with peace and go with what I'm asking you to go do. So the next thing we have to go do then is when we see these things all come together, we have to ask God in prayer to reveal his will to us. You just have to ask, remember? Ask and he'll answer. Ask and believe that you'll receive. You just got to ask him. Jake, if you want to come back up here, he just, you have to ask him. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do in this situation? And then begin to worship him and begin to seek the Lord for the answer. And I'm telling you, time and time and time again, in our own lives, we have experienced this, that he gives us wisdom. And a lot of times he gives us wisdom that goes countercultural to what everybody else thinks we should be doing. Now, if you've got a trusted person, if you say, the Lord told me to do this and your spouse isn't in agreement then you shouldn't go do that until you come to an agreement. You need to pray some more. Yeah, one of you's not hearing right from the Lord, right? If, the, if you say, I want to go do this, and your spouse is like, no, then it's like, hey, time out. Don't go any further. You need to go both and pray and hear from God and understand this more. But God, if we go to God in prayer, and he'll reveal his will to us, and then the last step we have to do is move in the direction of peace. And that direction of peace comes from confirmation from the word. It comes from confirmation from loved ones. And in our situation, babe, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday, we went for a walk. So we were just kind of mulling this over. We were seeking the Lord on it. And we went for a walk and I believe you just said that, I think you said it. She just came right out and says, I just don't think this is what we should do. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because I, I just had this sense, this feeling, This I didn't have peace about it. She didn't have peace about it. And then I began to articulate all my concerns and challenges. And by the end of this walk, it's maybe not even a mile through our neighborhood, and we came back, maybe it's 15 minutes, it was clear what the answer was, that I needed to say no to this opportunity. And I went in on Monday I actually had a phone call with the, with the chairman on Monday. <clears throat> and I said, hey, man, look, I know it's taken me over a week to make this decision, but I don't take this decision lightly. And I told him what the decision was. And guess what? He didn't ask me to leave. In fact, he's just, the way he phrased it is, you know what, we're going to make it worth your while that you're staying even just the two days a week that you're giving us today. And so how good is God in that way? That he led us in a direction of peace that he would then bless it. That he would then take care of it. And that he showed us clearly, I don't have to worry. We don't have to fret when we follow his wisdom for our circumstance in our situation. So let's just bow our heads this morning. If you came here today... And you need wisdom. You need wisdom for a situation, for a circumstance, for something going on in your life. I just want you to put that into your mind right now. Maybe it's a decision about a doctor, maybe it's a job, circumstance, or relationship a direction to move in, a house to buy, a car to sell. Whatever it is, all of us, we, every one of you has something in which you need God's wisdom on. Just put that in your mind right now. I just want you to begin to pray and just say, Lord, I give this to you. Lord, I give this to you. Lord, I want your wisdom. I want your guidance. I want to do what you will have me do. Not what I think or not what somebody else has done, but I want to do what you want me to do. And then just take a moment and worship him, just even now, just for a minute. Just begin to thank him for his faithfulness, for his goodness. Just begin to clear your mind of the thoughts and the pro-con lists, all the things. Just put your attention and your focus on him this morning. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we thank you for your wisdom. Just begin to thank him for wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for direction. We thank you, Lord, for peace. Thank you that you are the God of every circumstance, every situation. Lord, we seek your will this morning. We seek your will for every situation represented in here. We seek your will, Lord. Father, we believe and receive your wisdom for our circumstance. Even now, Lord, we're attuned to your voice, to your direction, to your guidance. We are in your presence Lord, we thank you that you do speak. Your wisdom is crying out. And Lord, we open our ears this morning to hear it. With clarity, with certainty, with resolve. Father, thank you for revealing your wisdom to us. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, as we hear from you, Lord, give us the strength and the confidence to move in peace in the direction that you have for us. For the decision that we need to make, Lord, we will move in peace, but with certainty that you have spoken to us today. And we hear your voice. In your precious name we pray, amen, amen. I would encourage you throughout the week, the months, the years, to keep this with you and say, I've got a decision i got to make. I'm just going to begin to worship him. I'm going to begin to worship God. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to hear his voice. The wisdom is crying out in the intersection. It is available to us, amen? We have some prayer teams that are going to come up front this morning. If you have never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, Today is the day of salvation. They will pray with you. They will minister to you. If you need prayer of healing, maybe of restoration, of any circumstance or situation in your life, maybe it's for wisdom. They just want someone to be in agreement with you this morning. We've got some prayer teams that will be up front as we close here today. Let me read this benediction, and we'll send you guys off. It says this out of Revelation. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood, and has made us kings and priests, to His God and Father. To Him be glory. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen and amen. You guys are dismissed. Have a great week. God's got wisdom for you. It's available. Go get it. Amen.